Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening today. Now, today I'm going to be talking about the New York Giants. I'm going to do a really hot take. This is being recorded a couple minutes after the Giants' disastrous Monday Night Football performance that led to an embarrassing 24-3 home loss against Seattle. So let's go ahead and get started. My God, where do we start with this one? It's just a very, very depressing time to be a Giants fan. And I'm doing this without any notes off the top of my head. This is a hot take after the Giants got demolished and imploded at home on Monday Night Football, losing 24-3 in one of the worst offensive performances in recent memory. And, you know, that is saying something given that they lost the opening night 40 to nothing at home to the Dallas Cowboys. And boy, what a brutal, brutal friggin' performance this was by the Giants, particularly their offensive line, a bit by Daniel Jones, somewhat by the defense, a bunch of penalties. Wow, this was a tough take. And I got to tell you, it's looking really, really, really bleak for the Giants at this part of the year. And it's unfortunate because there's so much of the season left. And for if you're a Giants fan, Boy, it's hard to look forward to the rest of the season. A season that started out so promising after such a good year last year quickly, quickly has become one of the most disappointing and thoroughly disgusting seasons for a Giants fan in a while. It's one thing when you're a Giants fan over the most recent history when we had been bad and you came into a season and then they were bad because you didn't expect good things. And they performed poorly, and it sucked. This year, though, the expectations were raised after going, you know, nine, what was it, nine, seven, and one last year. The point is, there were high expectations. We knew the schedule was harder. I didn't expect their record to be great this year, but I did expect their performance to improve. And it absolutely has gone completely the other way. They looked so much worse than last year in every facet of the game. And I mean every single facet of the game, from the GM to the coach to the quarterback to the line to the defense to the special teams. There isn't a single spot on the Giants this year that isn't worse than last year. And it's becoming extremely concerning because there's so much more this season to go. Now, for this game... Coming into tonight, the Giants' offensive line had some injury problems. And for an offensive line that is not great when there's no injury problems, this just exacerbated the problem. And yes, the offensive line was hurt. We had no Andrew Thomas coming in. And of course, in the backfield, we had no Barkley, but that didn't matter. Uh, Then in the middle of the game, our new center, John Michael Smith, who's pretty good, got hurt and didn't return. Bellinger, by the way, also. Got hurt and didn't return. You know, so we had some other offensive line injuries as well. No Thomas, no Barkley, no center, no Bellinger. The Giants basically began the game tonight with Zudu at left tackle. Bredesen, Bredesen, I guess, at left guard. Schmitz started at center and then got hurt and left. Marcus McKethan was playing right guard and Evan Neal at right tackle. And after Schmidt got hurt... It was whatever, a Zudu. Then they put Shane Lemieux in. I mean, our line was basically a Zudu, Lemieux, Bredesen, McKeithen, and Neal. Now, you know, 
that is not a great offensive line, but you'd think that it wouldn't be as bad as what we actually saw. But it was hard to imagine a worse offensive performance than we saw on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. I swear to God, I mentioned the week one versus the Cowboys. This was just about worse. It's it's just unthinkable. The offensive line was truly offensive, giving up 11 fucking sacks, 11 11. I mean, they play like a bag of dicks tonight. 11 sacks. Who the fuck gives up 11 sacks? What are you kidding me? 11 sacks. In addition to that, when Jones wasn't sacked and running for his life, he turned the ball over three more times. One of them was a blindside hit, and that was a fumble. Um, And then he threw two more picks. One was a fucking 97-yard pick six when the game was still um, close, honestly. I think it was 14 three at that point had he actually thrown a touchdown pass instead of the pick six it could have been 14 10 and you know that was just a gut punch a gut punch a gut punch and it's not like the Giants were probably going to win or going to look good anyway but it was one of those it was a play honestly that if you're a Rutgers fan it kind of mirrored the the Rutgers Michigan game where you didn't think you were going to win anyway, but it was, you know, going in. Rutgers was driving, and, he, and you know, they went for it on fourth down, and he threw a long pick six, and the game was over. Same thing here. 14-3, we're driving, throws a long pick six, and then the game's over. At that point, instead of being 14-10, the game is 21-3, and it's over. 11 sacks. 11 sacks. I don't even know what to say. And again, I'm recording this right after the game. And, you know, I have nothing to refer to here other than, you know, uh, something I looked up online before here with with a couple stats as far as the the yards and things like that. But 11 fucking sacks. What are you going to say to that? DJ had no time at all. And again, the few times he did, he did not look very good at all. They never threw the ball downfield. They mentioned at the end of the game that there was only two times where Jones threw the ball longer than 10 yards in the whole friggin' game. Remember, we're paying Daniel Jones $40 million a year, right? $40 million. And again, it's very hard to place singular blame on Daniel Jones. But, you know, boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, three turnovers certainly doesn't help. The One of the good things, you know, I don't know if it's good, but at least something that didn't suck in the game, which you have to look for things like that in a game like this, Kayvon Thibodeau's name was actually heard tonight. We actually heard Thibodeau's name called in a game. Shocking, right? He actually had two sacks, one in the very beginning of the game and one at the very end when it didn't matter. But he got two sacks, so that was something. He had a sack last week, so, you know, maybe he can turn his dog shit waste of a career bust career into something here now that Thibodeau's got three sacks in the last two weeks maybe he can actually be something and if he can get a sack in a big spot in the game you know which is when we actually need fucking sacks not when we're down by 25 points at the end of the game maybe in a big spot on a third and eight or something in a big spot maybe Thibodeau can get a sack then We, we drafted him fifth overall I'm glad he's finally got a couple sacks. I'm glad I actually fucking heard his name uh, on on the broadcast. And I could, you haven't heard him for two years. You haven't heard his name call because he hasn't been doing anything. Um, And the announcers talked about that a little bit, but they were very, very nice. Unlike me, who's going to call like it is. But one non shitty thing from the game tonight is we heard Thibodeau's name and he got two sacks. And that's something. Um, 
Again, we had that ridiculous 97-yard pick six thrown by Jones, which was terrible. You saw Dable screaming at Jones, screaming at him on the sideline, throwing the iPad around, screaming at him. Oh, my God. In addition to, to all of the offensive woes, right? And by the way, before I get off the offense, um, it was great to see our slot receiver come back and make a couple of plays. Um God, his name is escaping me. I'm sorry, guys. At the moment, we drafted him second overall. Second overall. We drafted him in the second round, Wondell Robinson. He really finally had an impact game for us, even though it didn't really impact the game. Um, It was, you know, when we did complete passes, a lot of them were to him, especially early in the game. So it was good to see Wondell Robinson actually be a part of this team since he was a second-round pick last year, missed a lot of the year with an injury. Getting Moving on, though, to the defense. This is just not all the offense. The defense had so many missed tackles again, again. I mean, we let a little, what, eight-yard flare pass go all the way down. They called it a touchdown, brought it back to the one-yard line for Seattle, like a 55-yard. A guy tiptoed along the sideline as we continue to miss tackles, right? Other other times, right up the middle, missing tackles. I, I got to be honest with you as I think about this because – after the surprisingly good year that the New York Giants had in 2022, right, where the expectations were low, and bam, we made the playoffs, we beat the Vikings, we won a game, right? It was sort of assumed on blind faith. Dable, coach of the year, great coach. Shane really turned this team around. I'm losing faith in both Shane and Dable at this point because – what we thought were great or very good draft picks are turning out to be draft picks that are questionable at best and perhaps dog shit at most because he drafted a lot of people trying to improve this offensive line and they all look like shit. They all look terrible. Um, Andrew Thomas was drafted by Gettleman, believe it or not. That was not Shane's pick. So he's our, our very good left tackle. The rest of the offensive line, maybe with the exception of the center this year, who doesn't have enough under him to really call it one way or the other, but he looks pretty good. With with the possible exception of the center, we've tried 100 things on the offensive line in two years, and and it still looks like complete dog shit. And as you saw from the game tonight, we have no depth on the offensive line. So while Shane is trying, I'm losing faith that we're getting the right people. Certainly he was saddled by Gettleman with incredible debt, no room under the salary cap. So the moves that we had to maneuver were very limited, even somewhat this year. Next year, we're going to have a lot of cap space. But at this point, we are really, really in a position where you have to seriously consider, you know, is Shane this great GM that we thought he was? And and even more so, is Dable really a good coach or was it smoke and mirrors last year? Because we played in... San Francisco, 11 days ago. He had a week and a half to get ready for a home game against Seattle. Now, Seattle is not the Kansas City Chiefs here, right? It's not the Buffalo Bills, right? We're not playing the Eagles. It's fucking Seattle. These are Seattle Seahawks, right? They're not going to kill anyone. We had 11 days to play to get ready for a home game against the Seattle Seahawks. And this is the, the egg that we come out and lay right? This is how Dable got the team prepared. The defense was dog shit. The offense had no fucking fight in them. And I don't care if you're playing backup, you know, guards, tackles, whatever. The team is not playing with any kind of fire whatsoever at all, at all. 
And you have to blame the coach for that. All these penalties, right? It's hard to blame coach for penalties, but it's not hard, right? A lot of times penalties are about discipline and discipline comes from the head coach. Now, certainly Dable yells enough, but when you have 11 days coming out of San Francisco to play a home game against the Seattle Seahawks and you score three points at home and you give up so many ridiculous plays on defense and have so many penalties, it tells me they're not prepared. And it makes me question how competent Dable actually is. Now, at the beginning of the season or after Atlanta season, this would have been unthinkable to say. But I think if if you're fans and you objectively step back and think, okay, these things that we took for granted, we have a great GM, we have a great coach. Do we have a great GM? Do we have a great coach? We picked Thibodeau with the fifth overall pick last year and Evan Neal with the seventh overall pick last year. They both look pretty much like busts at this point, right? We had two of the top seven picks in the draft and they both look like crap at this point. Right. So that's number one. Number two, we tried to get other offensive linemen to fill these gaps and also free agents. Look at this line. Look at the backups. We don't have any kind of depth. It's hard to say one way or the other because it's too soon. But Shane is not looking like the Golden Boy GM anymore in my mind. And I think it's legitimate to actually question, do we really have a good GM or not? And it's also, I think, legitimate to question the coach at this point because the way we came out of the gate against Dallas in game one, you know, you, you can forgive him for San Francisco. That's just a tough team that, that overwhelmed us. You know, I don't know what more to say about that. So I'm not going to get down on him on that. But for the Dallas game to play as bad as we did and for this game to play just as awful, as awful as we did, it's just it's hard to imagine someone that's really is an excellent coach having teams this unprepared and this awful on national TV, you know, a couple nights in a row. And I got to say, if you're Troy Aikman, <laughs> right, calling these games, he's seen the Giants twice this year, the 40 nothing loss to Dallas, and now this disgusting 24-3 home loss against Seattle. And you got to think Troy Aikman is thinking to himself, boy, this is the worst team I've ever seen in my life. How the hell did this team win a playoff game last year? And you're, if you're a Giants fan, you might be thinking the same thing right now, quite honestly. And, you know, again, Dable, 11 days to get this fucking team to fight a little harder than they did. And they basically looked like, you know, they didn't have any days. Like they were coming off a short week and were disorganized and all the penalties. And just it's very, very hard. And it's very disheartening because of the expectations that were around this team coming into the season. Um, The missed tackles. They had five penalties on special teams. Five fucking penalties on the special teams. Oh, come on, guys. Come on. The, the lack of fight in my mind and fire is the worst for me in this thing. I, I want to see this team play with a little fire. Now, if you watched the Jets last night, they barely lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. And goddamn, did they play with some fire, right? Some fight, some fire. You know, they, they oh my God, they, they look so, the Jets look so much better than the Giants. So much better. You know, records aside, I don't care. The Jets look so much better. Speaking of records, the Giants are now 1-3. They are in last place, of course, in the NFC East. You have Philadelphia undefeated 4-0. Dallas is 3-1. Washington's 2-2. And the Giants are in the basement at 1-3. 
and probably the season is over. The Giants have scored all of 46 points in four games. 46 points in four games. And that's including 31 in the second half of the Arizona game. So other than that one half, they've scored a total of 15 points the entire season. The entire season, 15 points, other than that one half against Arizona. They've scored 46, and they've given up 122 points in four games. So they're averaging giving up over 30 points a game, and they're averaging scoring about you know 11 points a game. So that, that sounds reasonable, right? Um, there were some other stats from the games. Again, the 11 sacks, there's just, what can you say? 11 sacks. 11 sacks. How can you possibly be in a game with 11 sacks? Giants had 130-something yards passing. Just It's just brutal. Brutal. The three turnovers. Killer. That one pick six was just a disaster. It's... um. There's nothing else to say. I, again, guys, this is just a... Uh, Hot take, and it's just it's hard to imagine the Giants going forward and having a successful year after a start like this. Um, I don't anticipate even a close game at Miami. We may it's possible that this team is even headed for shooting for the you know the top draft pick. That that's how bad it could be. They were talking about doing better than last year or going to the playoffs and making some noise. At this point, it seems the playoffs are an utter impossibility. And the question is, what kind of team are we actually going to have? And there's going to be a lot of questions in my mind about the viability of this GM and this coach at this point. We went from coach of the year and stud GM to what is Dable doing? And do we have a competent GM that can actually put together a competent offensive line here? That is how far we've come in just four short games in 2023. And it's really sad as a Giants fan. Again, we have Miami coming up this next week where we might be a 20-point friggin' underdog. The season is basically over before it started, and it's kind of a depressing letdown to to get going. And, and I hate, you know, constantly having these negative, you know, type of podcasts, but boy, what can you say about the Giants? There's almost nothing, nothing, nothing that you can say positive about it. We have additional injuries this time, you know, with John Michael Schmitz and with Bellinger, we still have Barkley out and we still have Thomas out and we have other offensive line injuries. It seems really hard to try to get even for the most optimistic Giants fan to to look forward to this. What I really need is my friend. I have a friend, Amber, who comes to all of the Rutgers football games with me. And no matter how bad Rutgers has been over the years, she's always a sort of shining light of positivity. And no matter how much I bitch and moan over the years when Rutgers has done badly, she would always point out the positives or, oh, maybe next week we'll do this or we always have this. And, you know, as a Giants fan and in other sports, I sometimes try to, you know, imagine, you know, what, what can I say that would be positive that would, you know, get make this better. And as we look at the Giants after this week, this one's tough. I, I don't know what to say. Like I said, other than Thibodeau actually having his name called and getting a few sacks. And, you know, th- th- there really isn't much else positive to say about this game. What are you going to do? Um, and that's it, guys. That's my stream of consciousness hot take after the Giants' disastrous, disastrous Monday night blowout loss at home to the Seattle Seahawks. And I want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to Jersey Guys Sports. 
And as I said in my last podcast, I am trying to grow this podcast. So if you're a fan of this podcast and you enjoy listening to Jersey Guy Sports, please let your friends know. If you have any friends that like podcasts or like sports, let them know about Jersey Guy Sports. You can subscribe, like, tell your friends about it. I'm on every single podcast network there is. You know, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, which is soon going to be YouTube. Google Podcasts is going away. We're on Pocket Casts and Spotify and everywhere else you can find podcasts. You'll find Jersey Guy Sports. So please tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks, everyone. Good day.